Welcome to Triangle 411, the pulse that moves the Triangle world today. It's a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, what's trending, social good, events, and boundless other adventures. A conversation pit of comedians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Innsbrucker. Hi, friends. Award-winning Iron Chef America, Justin Sutherland, is chin-wagging with us today. Welcome, Justin. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So a little background on Justin. He grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota, and spent his childhood in the kitchen watching both his mother and his grandmother cook. So there you go. We don't need to say more. (laughs) Before his fifth birthday, Justin asked for an and received an easy-bake oven. Now, Justin, how did that turn out for you? How did that work? What was the first gourmet meal you created on the old EBO? You know, the old easy-bake oven, I think it always started with cooking those little brownies and cakes uh, with the 100-watt light bulb. I think that's where it all started. (laughs) And that's a good start. I love brownies. So fast forward to opening your first restaurant, The Handsome Hog in Minnesota. How surreal was that for you to to be able to open your own restaurant? Uh, It was definitely pretty crazy. It was a long time coming. I've been, you know, I've been cooking for most of my life. And a little long, just about six years ago, I thought it was time to branch out on my own and kind of take the risk. And uh, Handsome Hog was born. And how did you come up with Handsome Hog? Where did that name come from? You know, I've always loved uh, Southern food and and barbecue, Um, you know, but I came from kind of more of a fine dining French background. So, you know, it was kind of that uh, dichotomy of something, you know, that might not be as as glamorous as a hog and, you know, you know, putting uh, putting a handsome in front of it. So we kind of wanted to take that soul food, take that barbecue and just, you know, eat it in more of a upscale environment. So it was more, you know, taking the down home dirty food and and eating it in a beautiful space. That's that's a fantastic uh, way to come up with a name. Now, due to uh, Handsome Hog's prestigious reputation, which led to awards and the opening of other restaurants, and you've got several, the Gnome Pub, the Wood-Fired Cantina, anyone is your favorite? You know, I mean, Handsome Hog will always be my baby. That's number one. Um, we've opened a couple of quick service concepts. One's called Obachan Noodles and Chicken. Uh, my grandmother is from Japan, so Obachan is, Jap- is uh, Japanese for grandmother. So we opened a oh. r- ramen and Japanese fried chicken shop, you know, in honor of her, and then also a place called Chickpea Hummus Bar, which is a uh, a vegan vegetarian concept, um, kind of with a build your own hummus bowl concept. So, uh, very happy with those and a couple new projects on the horizon. I'm sure from just listening to this, our audience is gleaning how well rounded you are and how, you know, from Japanese to handsome hog. I mean, that's, that's, that's quite a leap and you're doing it well. So many restaurants and awards later, you are now a celebrity chef. Did you ever think you'd be a celebrity and how does it feel? You know, I still struggle with the word celebrity, but definitely, definitely well known. Um, but it's no, this was never, you know, I've been a line cook most of my life. I didn't set out to do it for any, you know, fame or glory. So it feels good to be recognized, you know, for what I'm doing with my food and within the community. But I never, uh, never, never thought this would be the case. But is it a fit for you now? It is, it is. I've definitely 
definitely settled into that role and 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 I'm very much enjoying it. So So step by step your path has now led you to the television show Fast Foodies which airs on True TV. And Justin, I've seen you explain this several times, so I'm going to give you a break today, and I'll just let the listeners know that in each episode, Justin and top chefs Kristen Kish and Jeremy Ford are tasked by celebrity guests to duplicate their favorite fast food. And then in the second segment of the show, the the chefs have to reimagine their version of the dish. So what's more difficult? The copycatting or the reinventing the wheel? You know, it, it's the copycatting. Uh, I think, you know, that's, that's what this show really leans into is, is how difficult it is for fast food restaurants to, you know, to replicate a dish. You go to any McDonald's in, in the world and that burger tastes the same. So us trying to crack the code of all the secret recipes of these fast food chains is, is a lot harder than just coming up with something on our own. How do you crack that code? I, I, you know, I've watched the show and I'm like, well, well, how do you duplicate it when you don't know the the secret sauce, so to speak? You know, I, you know, over the years, I think that chef palette, you kind of develop this Rolodex of flavors in your brain, if you will. And, you know, we taste it, we, we deconstruct it, we analyze each of the components and figure out what it is, you know, we're tasting um, you know, and then through through luck and and maybe a little bit of uh, past experience and skill, we try and come up with it. So I got to tell you, when I watch the show, I get so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this this is mouth watering entertainment, folks. Um, I caught like the episode with Joel McHale, who chose Portillo's Chicago style hot dogs. And mm-hmm. I I lived in Chicago, so I was like, gimme, 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 I want that. <laughs> and, and then, oh my gosh, Bobby Lee's McDonald's sausage egg McMuffin, who who thought the outcome oh. was like space alien food, he said. Yes. I think that's what's so great about this show, too, is that, you know, across you know, age groups and, you know, everybody has some sort of connection, you know, to fast food. The food's relatable. The content is fun. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, so that's why I just think it's a, it's a show that everybody can enjoy. Actually, I picked up a quote from Star Tribune with Corey Henson, who heads up the unscripted programming for True TV, saying, and, and I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, the show is equal parts food, comedy, debauchery, where the stakes have never been lower. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We call it we call it competition with a lowercase C. You know, obviously, you know, as, as chefs who've done Top Chef and Iron Chef, we all we all want to win, but it's more just about having fun. In addition to uh, celebrity chefs and the premise of duplicating fast foods. I think the real secret ingredient to your show's success is the fun you have, like delivering food in a drone or obliterating a pinata or saran wrapping <laughs> yourself with uh, Jeremy. Tell us a little bit about the fun yep. you have there on the show. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it's it's the funny antics, and a lot of those things are, are surprises for us. I mean, you know, we really give it to a lot of to the production team, and you know, the creativity that they've come up with to put us in some of those fun situations. Um, but that's exactly what it is. You know, the, the the food is simple, but it's really about the camaraderie. You know, the antics and just the fun we're able to have with each other without being, you know, in that deep competition that we would be in other shows. Mm-hmm. And that's so intense. So to go to this, I, I can I can understand what you're saying about a whole different ball game here. 
Uh, what was the most fun you had? Which one, like, what was the best one, that little bit that you guys did that you enjoyed the most? I mean, the whole Bobby Lee episode was hilarious just because he's just this ball of energy and, you know, playing the trivia where he was throwing the eggs at us, um, you know, was absolutely hilarious. Um, you know, if you caught, uh, it's, it's no, it's no hidden fact that I despise mayonnaise. So, I mean, if you were able to catch last week's episode, we had Amanda Seals on who was hilarious. We had to do a, a game of roulette with different random shot glasses full of stuff. And my roulette wheel landed on mayonnaise, and I <laughs> cannot stand it. So I'm sure the audience enjoyed me taking a shot of my least favorite thing in the world. <laughs> it's just so fun. I hope people will really tune in. They've got to after this. So so let me ask you, of all that fast food that you've worked on so far, which has been the most difficult to replicate? Man, you know, it's, it's, some of, it's usually the most simple things. I think uh, the, the, the In-N-Out burger um, was difficult, that secret sauce um, to really nail that. Um, and I think the Taco Bell, the, the cheesy gordita crunch, because it's the things that, you know, we normally would think are so simple, but these fast food restaurants just nail this very specific flavor, um, you know, that that's hard to dissect. So yeah, the burgers and the tacos, which would seem to be the easiest, are actually the hardest. And I never knew what went into a hot dog until I saw that Pertillo's hot dog <laughs> episode. I right. was like, what? Yeah, that is not an easy process. <laughs> That's not an easy process. <laughs> so what's your favorite fast food and why? Oh, I'm, a, I'm a big Arby's guy. Um, I, love, I love just the classic roast beef. It's simple. The meat's juicy. They don't, you know, you don't have to add anything to it. Uh, and, and I'm a big fan of the uh, the spicy chicken sandwich at Wendy's. I, I love to eat. Those are two of my husband's favorites, oddly enough. <laughs> he loves both of oh, those. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, Perfect. Well, he has good taste. <laughs> and, you know, for the, the roast beef, it's kind of like if, if you're not a big cook and you can't make a whole big roast beef like mom used to do, then it, it the Arby's roast beef kind of uh, <laughs> serves the purpose there a little bit. So, so just a few last cooking bullets, and then I want to move on to your philanthropic work. What's the ingredient you must have in your kitchen? Oh man, you know I, I always like to have simple, simple basics. I always got to have eggs. I always got to have potatoes because I think when you have those two things, you can always build something off of it. So I'm, I'm a big. There's always eggs in my fridge. And what is one big secret you can tell our listeners for overall success in the kitchen that you could pass on to cooks? Don't don't rely too much on recipes and and don't be afraid to try things. You know, I think people get afraid to to cook because they you know, they think it's just skill, but it's really just trial and error. You know, the worst thing that's going to happen is you don't like it and and you, and you don't do that again. So I, I think, you know, just removing that stigma of, of being afraid to try something new or relying on recipes. I think having recipes are guidelines. You know, you see a recipe or something that you've seen made before, maybe glance over the basic ingredients to achieve that. Uh, and then, you know, take that method and make it your own. So, Justin, at the end of every Triangle 411 show, we do a nonprofit spotlight. And today I wanted to talk about a few of the organizations you are involved with. You raise funds mm-hmm. for hospitality workers affected by the pandemic through the North Stands. 
You're also involved with Minnesota's Central Kitchen, and you sit on the board of the Inner City Ducks. Please give us information about these causes. The North Stands is a, is a nonprofit that I started with a fellowship, David Fema, um, in town. And it really started the day after um, the restaurant shutdown happened with the pandemic, which, wow, was just over a year ago today. Mm. Um, you know, and just us just realizing how, how hard our industry was going to be hit. Um, you know, most servers, bartenders, cooks are living paycheck to paycheck and just entered. And so we started a foundation to, to raise money to give out stipend checks to anybody in the industry who was having trouble feeding their family, paying their bills, keeping the lights on, or just getting by day to day. So, you know, throughout the course of this year, we've been able to raise almost over three hundred thousand dollars that oh. that has went uh, directly into the hands of, of those in need in our industry. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it, it's definitely been a blessing, and it's been you know through the support of our community. Um, you know, and an offshoot of the North Stands. You know, we partnered with uh, Minnesota Central Kitchen, um, which you know along the same lines, instead of just giving financial help, was was putting food on the tables, not just hospitality, but but essentially anybody in need. Um, twofold, it allowed us to bring cooks and kitchen workers back to work. So they come into you know our our closed restaurants and do prepackaged either pre uh, reheat at home or raw meal kits that we send instructions with uh, to any families in need who are having trouble um, um, feeding themselves. And no questions asked, they can go and sign up to be on the meal program, and we were able to put fifty plus uh, cooks back to work to prepare those meals, and and we feed about four thousand meals a week. Oh my goodness. That is fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, lastly, I'm the, uh, the assistant chair for an organization called the Inner City Ducks, um, which is something that's dear to my, dear to my heart. You know, I, I love working with underserved and inner city youth. Um, and, you know, one of the biggest issues is, you know, they generally go to schools that don't have very strong after school programs, sports programs, mentorship programs. Um, so we have created uh, football and basketball leagues for kids the ages from 5 to 16. Um, we provide the gym time, the transportation. We get them enrolled so they can participate in the same leagues as, you know, the kids from the suburbs. They get all of their helmets and uniforms and jerseys and coaches. Um, and that also comes with, with after-school um, educational mentoring programs as well. So, um, you know, they're given the same opportunities as, as those with, with higher means. Now, do you get out on the the court and play? Uh, you know, I get out there. We just our seasons are just actually starting here in about two weeks. I don't know about get out there and play, but <laughs> I don't know if my I don't know if I can run up and down a basketball court anymore. But I definitely enjoy getting out there and playing around, playing with the kids, and you know, especially having restaurants. You know, we do their banquets and oh. and everything like that. So. Okay, well, you're doing enough. But you know, if you ran that court, of course, you. you this is a good question. As a chef, I mean, I would be humongous if I was a chef making all the delicious <laughs> dishes. You know, it's a good way to stay in shape. How do you stay in shape for, you know, all the cooking you do? Yeah, you know, I've really, especially this year, um, you know, I've, I've really gotten back into the gym and leaned into, you know, I had to get you know, the personal trainer back. I'm doing a lot of yoga and meditating and just, and just working out. And, you know, you start to, start to feel a little older and realize you got to start taking care of your body a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm, I definitely try and get to the gym at least three or four days a week and uh, try and stay healthy so I can keep doing this as long as I can. 
That's good. That's great. And I wanted to just touch, uh, let's see, one more thing here, though, because I thought this was really cool and different. Uh, you are also the co-owner of Hybrid Nation, a socially conscious streetwear and lifestyle brand that is creating social change by selling products with a meaningful cause behind them. Tell us about that. Absolutely, yeah. So Hybrid Nation was a company that my younger brother, Jeremy, um, started in college about eight years ago. Um, you know, in short, you know, he got a great scholarship and a sponsor to go to Carlton um, College, which is, you know, an Ivy, Le- Ivy League level school, um, and got sponsored, you know, for a person of color to be able to attend that school. He then wanted to try and give back and figure out a way to raise funds to sponsor more kids to be able to have the same opportunities that he did. Started designing t-shirts to sell to raise money, um, and it kind of just spiraled from there into this full-on clothing line and philanthropic brand that we have called Hybrid Nation. Um, you know, our motto is, in diversity we trust, and we have a full line of clothing, everything from women's to men's hats, t-shirts, everything, and then everything we do has some sort of give-back program um, to some sort of community initiative. So, yeah, you can go to hybridnationclothing.com and and see everything that we have to offer and, and then help support. Oh, and thanks for giving that that contact information out. And I wanted to also cover something for on your end, too. Um, so we've been uh, talking about all these different things. But if you want some help in the kitchen from Justin, you can purchase his bourbon and smoke wing seasoning, Tennessee hot, brisket rub, and more from his site, or if you're a terrible cook like me and no amount of seasoning is going to save you, you might want to go straight to the checkout with Justin's Single Malt Whiskey. That's where, that's where I'm aiming from. But you can find all that at justinsutherland.com. To get involved or donate to North Stands, go to thenorthstands.org. And Justin, to watch Fast Foodies, where should our listeners tune in? Yes, it is on every Thursday night at 9.30 Central on True, I'm sorry, on True TV. Okay, great. And it also streams, streams on YouTube TV. And I'm going to tell you guys, it's, it's a great show, but, but you better eat before you watch it or you will be starving. It really makes you hungry. They're just delicious, delicious dishes. All right. Well, Justin, I thank you so much for being uh, here with us today and wish you a lot of luck in your future endeavors. I very much appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Before we close today, I want to tell you about a new series that we will be doing occasionally in the show, and it is Carrie's 150th Anniversary Spotlight. We will be featuring the latest news on upcoming happenings to celebrate the town's milestone. To kick the series off, we have with us today, Carrie Mayer, Harold Weinbrick, who will give us an introduction on all things Carrie 150. Welcome, Mayor. Hi. Thank you for having me on today. Well, we're so happy to have you here to give us a sneak peek at Carrie's anniversary adventure. Carrie is actually celebrating its 150th anniversary on April the 3rd of this year. And an easy way to remember that is the fourth month, the third day, and the 21st year, or 4, 3, 2, 1. And we planned events 
for to occur throughout the year and to find out those events we you can go on the website carry 150 carry 150 and uh, look at all the events coming up but a sneak peek at those events would be the virtual celebration on April the 3rd we're going to have a documentary which we've been working on which will be published in at a to be determined date there's a historical play that uh, we will see in September, October timeframe. There's the Your Tree, Our Tree in March or April. Uh, there's the 150 years later on April the 9th, 10th, and 17th. And we have a community celebration at the end of July called A Day to Remember. And right now that's scheduled for July the 24th. And it'll all be capped off with a gala at the end of the year. And that's on November the 13th. So we're really excited about all the things that are planned for this year. And uh, we're looking forward to celebrating our 150th, or as we say, sesquicentennial uh, celebration. Well, that all sounds so exciting. And uh, we will, again, be updating folks, all our listeners, throughout the year. So if you didn't get all those dates... Don't worry about it. We'll be giving another shout-out every couple weeks or so. So, Mayor, thank you so much for being here. Again, that's carry150.org. And uh, good luck with everything. All right. Thank you again for having me. Well, it's time to high-five and say goodbye. You can go to our website, triangle411.buzzsprout.com, or any major podcast platform to hear about Face Mask Warriors, Diversity Disability Pageants, New Info for Alzheimer's Treatment, and What's Up with the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly of Social Media. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today, dot, 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 be open-minded.